a summary of Lekutah Sichos, volume 16, Parsha Va'era, the fifth Sicha. Regarding the Makos, the plagues that Hashem brought out Egypt, there's an argument between Rabbi Eliezer and Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Eliezer says that every one of the ten plagues was comprised of four plagues. So in a total, you have 40 plagues. According to Rabbi Akiva, he says every one of the plagues were comprised of five plagues, so you're in total with 50 plagues. What's the point of this argument of these two opinions if it was each plague at four, made up of four or five? So the cowboy explains this in the name of the Bala Malamed. He says that the argument is, Rabbi Yazar says that each plague had to take and penetrate through all the four elements that exist in every single thing in this world. We know we have the four elements, Eish, Ruach, Mayim, and Afar, right? You have every single material substance in this world is made up of fire, spirit, water, and earth. So he says that the plague had to go and penetrate all the way through all four elements. Therefore, each plague is made up of four. And for example, the plague of, of Dam, of blood. Blood, you see on the surface that this is blood, but not just with the plague, did the plague penetrate through the water. It also took also the other three elements of fire, spirit, and water and earth that was in the water, and it also struck those elements too. Rabbi Akiva says even more. He says that the plague had to penetrate all the way through what's called the Chaymer Hiyuli, to the essence of the Hayoli, which is the, the strength of the essence of all the four elements on its own. In other words, the element, the which is the essence, that holds all four elements together. Therefore, he says that the plague had to be comprised of five, because it had to take break through all four elements and the essence of it. The point of each plague is like its name. A plague means striking. So Hashem struck Egypt through the plagues and it comes out that we have number one according to both opinions. Not just did the plague have to strike and break what you see on the surface under what's revealed of a physical item, but it also had to penetrate through the concealment level. And also the two opinions are that it, it was whether... The argument is whether how deep it had to go to the four elements or also to the essence of it. And this is dependent on how much we look at the impurities of Egypt that penetrated through the material substance of how far do we have to clean it out. Now, this idea also expresses itself in another dispute that we have from the sages regarding the laws of Pesach, of Chametz, that comes out from this subject of Tyra, of leaving Egypt, we cannot have chametz on Pesach. So we have a few details regarding the chametz. We're not allowed to eat any chametz on Pesach. We're not allowed to have any pleasure from it. And also, we're not allowed to have it in a place in your properties where it could be seeable or it could be findable. That's also a prohibition. It's called the sin of Bal Yira and Bal Yamatse. What is the difference between these three stages of prohibition of eating, prohibition of pleasure, prohibition of not being able to see or see it or findable, which is basically the idea where we eliminate it completely through burning it that we'll soon see another way. The connection is these points. How far does the is the penetration of chametz relevant? Is it just to the surface what you see, the four elements, or is it also to the essence of the piece of chametz itself? And this is the reason why we could find that sometimes we have food that's forbidden to eat but permitted to have pleasure from. 
seemingly, once something is forbidden to eat, let's just use an example of nevela, a piece of an animal that just dro- that just dropped and died. You're not allowed to eat that, but you're allowed to have pleasure from it. You could sell it, have a pleasure from it. How could you if the th- item is forbidden? And the answer is because the ra, the negativity, only went into the external parts of it, but not into the most internal essence of it. And therefore, when it comes to pleasure, it's connected of whether how much the penetration goes in it. Is it just what I see and I touch? Or is it also in the essence of it? Now, this dispute also, we could roll it over into another dispute that we have between Rabbi Yehuda and the Chachamim in Amishnah and Psachim. Rabbi Yehuda says regarding how do you nullify your chametz, you have to completely destroy it, to, and the only way to destroy it is through burning it, completely eradicate it. The sages say you don't even have to do that, even if you uh, make it into crumbs and you throw it in the wind or throw it into, put it into the ocean, that's enough, a good way how to get rid of it. Like the Ragajavar explains us that this is the same idea of the argument of Rabbi Yehuda and Rabbi Eliezer, whether you have to get rid of the essence of it itself, then you'll have to burn it, or whether I just have to get rid of the food that it shouldn't be called chametz anymore, so that's enough to make it into crumbs and let the wind or the ocean take it. Now, these two opinions is also the same opinions of whether it's four Marcus or five Marcus, whether you need four to eradicate the, the ele- four elements, or you need also the fifth to eradicate the essence of the whole thing. And this rolls over into a third example. We have another example regarding the prohibition of the pleasure part of it. Now, the, what, what's the level of pleasure that's forbidden here? Is it the item itself that I'm worried that if I have pleasure from it, I may also come to eat it? That could be a major problem. So the prohibition of, the, of a pleasure is only that I shouldn't come to eat it. Or you could say, no, the issue is that you're not allowed to use it at all. Meaning you cannot have, this chametz cannot be used at all. It's not just about maybe I'm going to eat it. That will mean that it would be also forbidden to give it to a kalbe hefker, to a kelev that's ownerless. In the Yerushalmi Gemara actually, this brings down the argument of the two opinions of whether you're allowed to give chametz to an ownerless dog. One says that it's permitted because he holds like the opinion that it's permitted because the, it's only about a worry that you're going to eat it. So if I give it to an ownerless dog, I'm not having any pleasure and you don't have to worry that you're going to eat it. Another opinion says that he learns out from the verse that says that you cannot have chametz eaten. He says that includes that it cannot be eaten even by ownerless dog. But this is basically the same point of the argument of whether the Chametz, the, the prohibition of it penetrates just the item itself, the element itself, or the essence of it. If he says the essence of it itself, then it cannot come to any kind of form of eating, even by an ownerless dog. This will also give us, as a side note, what the, the opinion of Rabbi Yossi Aglili. He doesn't learn that every plague was made up of four or five. He says there was, there was ten plagues. He talks only about the ten plagues. And the reason for this is because he, and he actually holds that chametz is permitted to have hanah. Fascinating, even though the Allah is not like him. But again, because he says you only have to look at the penetration of the impurity into the surface. You don't have to go into the elements, that the four elements that you can't see.
Now, based on all of this, we have another rollover into another idea regarding the four exiles. Do, how do we count the four exiles? Some of the sages say that we don't count, most opinions say we don't count the exile of Egypt included in the four exiles, and the four exiles are different ones, not the Egypt is not one of them. And some say that Egypt is part of the four. Basically, you could have the four exiles of uh, of uh, of uh, Elam or Yavan and Madai and Paras and the Babylonian ed- exile or Edom exile, which is the Roman one, which exists till today. So most places where they don't count the exile of Egypt as one of them. Why? Because they say that Egypt's exile was so bad that it's equal to all of them together. And the other ones that say that you do count it, so you could say that the reason is that because they say that it's just the first of the bad of all the bad exiles. Now, really, you could say that's all connected to the point that we said till now. How do you look at it? The four exiles are really, in comparison, you, they, they neged the four letters of Hashem's name, the Yudke and the Favke. So each exile of the four, one is to, uh, corresponds to the Yud, one to the He, one to the Vav, one to the He. Now, how do you look at the four letters? Is it just the four letters? Or do you look also at the Koytse Shal Yud, that little crown that's on top of the Yud? If you say Egypt is not counted in the four, it's not counted in the four letters, so then Egypt re- represents the Kaitzushayud, that little crown that's at the top of the Yud. If you say it's part of the, the four exiles, then you put it into the first one, into Chachma, and the Tzibiki Chachma includes all the other three letters. So again, this is going to make a difference of whether how deep it penetrates. Is it just the surface or it's the essence? Now, in Avaidah Ruchnis, which is the most important thing, is the spiritual Avaidah Tashem. The whole idea of Mitzrayim is to go out of your Mitzar Mugvulim, your limitations, your limited boundaries. Exile of Egypt means that a Jew has to go out of his limitations, even the limitations of your godly soul. And this is the argument to Rabbi Lezer and Rabbi Akiva. Do the plagues have to penetrate the four elements or also the essence of it, the only part of it. Do I need to have it go in exodus of Egypt of just four levels or also to the essence? If we say it's just the four levels like Rebbe Lezer, then it goes corresponds to the Aveda of the four letters of the Shem Havayat. First, you have the Aveda of bottom line, Bapayal Mamish, with your Machshava, your thoughts, your Dibur, your action of Maisa, your, your speech and your actions, which corresponds to the attribute of Malchus which is sovereignty, that's the lowest. Then you go higher, where you have to go out of your limitations, even in your Mides, which represents the Mides of Zah, which is the letter of Vav. Then you go higher to the level of Seichel, which is the letter of, which is the, which is the hay, which is the hay that goes on being, you have to go out of that intellectual level, you have to go out of the limitations. Then you have the level of the Yud, the highest level, Chachmo, but that's the idea of Mesir's Nefesh. But, does you, do you also have to go out from your Yechida Shabin Efesh, which is the most essence of your soul? Rebeliezer holds that every Maka was made up only of four. He says you have to go out of your limitations of the four categories of your strengths. You have to go out the lowest level. You have to go out of your limitations of the war that you have with the Yitzhahara, which tries to get you to sin Rahman al on Maisa Dibra Shava, bottom line. 
And that takes a serious war with the Yitzhara. And the more we find ways to go out of your Mitzrayim, your limitations, even though you're careful not to sin on something that's a complete prohibition, or even a dictacalshadivrasefrim, but then you could maybe say in things that are permissible, I do it the way the world says, I do it with calculations, and I think my is such a kind of conduct of your way in serving Hashem is very limited because you're thinking about every, everywhere else. And even if you already went out of that limitations of thinking about everybody around you, you could still have limitations of your own existence, that you only serve Hashem in a way where I can understand it. Then there's a coldness to it. The highest level is of going out of, of Yitzhak Mitzrayim according to Rebbe Lezer is the highest level is Maseris Nefesh. But that could be a Maseris Nefesh the way you understand it. Even though you're going out of your way of understanding, but it's still with a limitation. Like the story of that the Rebbe said, the Friedrich Rebbe said the story of a Jew that said, when he said Kriyashma, and he said the word Echad, he said, I managed to concentrate on the word Echad, bald Aina Minuta. For one minute, I was able to concentrate. That means that even while he was concentrating on Echad with the self-sacrifice, there was still a limitation to it because he was able to count the minute. But even more refined, there's a higher level that you go on Messias Nefesh with the essence of yourself, the entire existence of yourself, the Yechidosh of Nefesh. And that is the level of what Rabbi Akiva is pointing out. And this is the difference of the way Rabbi Akiva says it has to be a five makas. Rabbi Eliezer, Eliezer comes from the name Elokei Avi Bezri, that my God, my, fa- my father, my God, who, is, who helps me. That's because Eliezer is Ben Herkonos, Ben Avram, he has the help of Elokei Avi, his father. So by him, he says the essence is never a problem because the, the essence of a Jew, even while he says, is he still has his faith with faith. Rabbi Akiva, who comes from converts, he's talking about that we have to be careful even for somebody that came under the wings of Shechina. In a more refined way, such a person, we have to warn also his essence. And because of this alone, he could go out from one extreme to the other, and therefore you have to go out of your Egypt even to this level, go out of any kind of level of limitations, any kind of boundaries to the essence of your soul that reaches into the godly soul that has no limitations whatsoever. And this brings us to the going out of Egypt on all levels and going out from this final exile, from the Mitzrayim of this exile, Zerachrin, in a material way, Kemetzeslam, Arsam, Arenun, Niflois.